0: 127, We're a podcast that talks about pop culture things that interest us, and sometimes there's whiskey. My name is John, and I'm joined, as always, by Andrea. How's it going this evening?
1: Good, good. Just uh, squeezing me in my busy single mom schedule, you know. Yeah. You know how it goes. Just so popular.
0: I so. mean, that sounds like a bigger deal than what you—I well, know what you're saying— you're saying single mom, you know, for for the week or whatever.
1: Single yes, mom. yes. Yes, for yes. the week. Um I should say solo parenting because really truly okay. what I do doesn't compare to actual single moms and dads out there who put in the work every day, but this week where my husband is off hunting and I am taking care of baby plus being pregnant solo, I I get a little taste of it. So mad mm-hmm. respect to everybody else who does it on the daily
0: i didn't mean to diminish i just like want like don't want no to, be to clarify somehow you know like oh I...
1: <laughs> i'd be so <laughs> cheerful <laughs> like suddenly a single mom like i'm a single mom now
0: yeah uh <laughs> come again yeah <laughs> yeah well um yes so that's a, a whole nother thing mm-hmm. Tough to do. Are you have you managed to? Um, we'll find out soon if we've managed to squeeze anything else in other than taking care of the life of a child. And um, we'll uh have just a couple news stories, not much, but they're sort of big ones. We wanted to throw them in there, um, but only a couple because the you know, we want to save plenty of room for House of the Dragon. It's been a while, it's been a hot minute for Hot D, and Mm -hmm. it's the finale. Time to talk to finale and the whole whole show, whole season, what we think of it. So we'll get spoilery about that later. But um mm-hmm. before that, drinks. We have any drinks for uh well, you're not drinking at home, unfortunately. I mean, normally that's the thing. No. It's like oh, the spouse is gone. I'm you know, crack open about right. of this and whatever. They gonna you know? sell
1: something fancy. I deserve it. No, yeah. no. Nope. <laughs> nope. I literally I didn't even have time to like play this week. I was just like, I got some water, yo.
0: Yep. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. My jug of water. Um, but there are a few things out there, um, both alcoholic and non, for those who wish to celebrate or find themselves alone for a night and want to have a drink. Um, on November seventeenth, it was both. It's another like beer wine pairing. Mm, uh, it was yeah. Zinfandel day and then Goza day. Which I checked. I said it, right or near right. So.
0: I mean, we're just gonna. I'm just gonna go with International Goose Day. That's uh, fine Goose. by me. Yeah.
1: Okay, that immediately makes me think of Top Gun. Okay. Like International okay. Goose Day. That's what. That's See, what I think of.
0: Sure, I can't. I can't not think of Untitled Goose Game. That's what I think of. <laughs> so.
1: Nice, nice. I love how like the same thing can have vastly different, like triggering Mm -hmm. like reflexive kind of like memories or impulses or associations for both of us. Like, like happens to anybody. Like sometimes it's strong enough where like everybody thinks of the same thing. And sometimes you're like, Nope, this
0: thing. Mm -hmm. I do like the association game like that. Rapid fire, you know, ring of, yeah, I like that.
1: Yeah. It's fun to like, see what people come up with and like how, Mm -hmm you know, you might think of the same or different things. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. So uh, moving on though, November 18th, just a few days ago, it was national apple cider day. You could choose that on its own, or you can have a little spiked cider up to you. Um, And then another double day, November 19th, it was macchiato day, which. So another association um, all I can think of when I hear Macchiato is Sasha Baron Cohen with that ridiculous French accent in Ricky
0: Bobby. Mm. Okay, Tropic Thunder. Ricky oh, Bobby. No, uh yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay.
1: You have spilled my Macchiato. That's all I can hear <laughs> in my brain. It's the way he says That's that. That's just like, yeah. That's so every way. every time I hear Macchiato, it's Macchiato. <laughs> um and then it is <laughs> sorry for the terrible attempt um and then it is also boujolais nouveau day which is a type of wine
0: okay well, that, again that was I think good I said that, that was near good it was done pretty well yeah that's sounds good thank you thank you uh my wife is french so i'm gonna vouch for it yeah just uh...
1: ah thanks yeah. <laughs> I'm getting like the side stamp of approval, like, yeah, <laughs> pa- passing through you to me,
0: <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. um, well, I yeah, you know, I feel a little bad because I just did this, I don't know last week or the week before, not knowing the day was coming up just was appropriate for this for the weather. So I have my, I mean, I guess that's not relevant, but I have my PlayStation mug and I have okay. cider in it um apple cider but i did spike it again and once again with the uh jamaican james bond blackwell rum so
1: delicious delicious
0: yeah good and warming
1: i had like like i said i feel uh, oh go ahead no go ahead
0: um well i i have an extra surprise here so i'll let you go first okay
1: okay i was just gonna say um, I had a I had a punch, a, a rum less punch, sadly, this weekend. Um mm. but it was like made with apple cider and a little bit of like orange juice and a little bit of sparkling something and I was just like oh man, like I can almost it's almost the rum in here. I can almost taste it.
0: <laughs> you know <laughs> Soon, there's though. right. Um and it'll all be all the sweeter then, you know? Yes all the sweeter. Uh, easy for me to say, but I have to say though, Mm -hmm. that like, I I don't know if it's my old age or what, um, that I'm finding at times I'm, I might have something like that punch and then put rum in it and be like, the rum just direct the punch. You know, I'm getting to the point where it's not all, not always does alcohol make a thing better. You know, sometimes it does. Sometimes there's something that's you know this thing is too sweet or whatever it could use a little kick of something else you know it's like yep. i don't want to just drink tomato juice but you put a little vodka in it and a little spice all of a sudden my you know bloody mary is good so it mm-hmm. it can't but it's not ubiquitous and all the time so yep. uh, yeah yeah
1: i think um i think i'm finding that um as i'm trying to branch out a little bit more You know, being pregnant, like so many of the non alcoholic drinks, what's wrong with them, I feel, is that they're so, so sweet and it makes you actually like long for the alcohol more. Yeah, right. You need that bitterness. You need something to cut down on that just like overpowering, like saccharine taste. Yeah. So I'm finding that as I like push myself out more and like try new things, it's like, you know, I'm not always missing the alcohol. Sometimes I am, but sometimes I'm missing just like, a more complex like profile to my drink yeah or just like right. not it being so one note
0: so yep. that's why actually is a uh, little fake cocktail things are so good because they are mm-hmm. but but they're exceedingly bitter so t- i almost think you <laughs> almost want to add just add a little bit of sprite to it or something or ginger ale sure. it's just some you know so it's but yeah
1: i can send over one of my like early, early try, super sweet, you know, mocktails, and we could just mix it together
0: Yeah, to create yep. finally the perfect drink. All right. <laughs> Why has no one done this? <laughs> um. Well, yeah, I have one other, like, drink-related surprise here and stuff. Um, yeah. So as for listeners of the show, you'll recall perhaps that I opened up and tried the um gin from james may so yeah. james gin um of top gear and now um blank ann's current name not top gear anymore oh. um alan's typing it the grand tour thank you alan yeah um, yeah on amazon I anyways i think not
1: forget that on purpose like I, I you know, know what i mean i it's, just don't really try yeah. to remember it it's yeah it's
0: mm-hmm can't just um, rename
1: it like
0: that i know well the problem is that you know top gear still does exist it's just it's not top gear right um but so the first gin he came out with i got the navy strength it was really good um it was mm-hmm. sold to me with his witty awesome humor at english wit um and this second one now he has a new gin and this one is called American REM stud. So um, yeah. here it is here. So it was interesting because yeah. I bought the first one, I was sent an email straight away when they were going to send up early sales of the next one. And sure. I went on like two hours afterwards. Cause I had to be, I was at work and they were all sold out. So I'm like, Oh my God, how fast is this stuff going? But anyways, when it went up for regular sale, I managed to get some. This is actually called everywhere else, American mustard, but legally they can't <laughs> call it American mustard here because it's like, people will think it's mustard. So Ramstud oh is an anagram for really mustard. really sad. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. really sad. So, but he's like, it sounds kind of American anyways, American Ramstud that sounds right so uh
1: (laughs) rams anyways
0: yeah it finally arrived and um to celebrate um the finale of house of the dragon i'm gonna try it for the first time on air
1: do it to it
0: he's selling clothing now too it's like for the holiday gift guide he can get Clothing and he's like hilariously modeling it and stuff. Um
1: you just, can wrap just a, a bottle fan. of gin in, in a piece of clothing and that could be your like yeah. wrapping paper. Yeah. Just saying, just saying. Getting creative over here. Okay. Does it does it have like um so it looks a little bit different? Does it have like a specific flavor profile? I'm assuming not mustard,
0: but yeah, Well, oh, else? well, so on the back here. <laughs> Says yellow mustard seed, gherkin, juniper, coriander okay. seed, angelica root, dried tomato, licorice, licorice root, orange peel. Um, I don't know what kind of pepper that is, and I don't know if I can guess how to say it. Even kebab, kebab pepper. Okay. Maybe I'm totally butchering that. Rosemary, caraway seed, ginger, and bay. Okay. So, see, I was
1: with I was with you for a while, but that does I'm not gonna lie, sound like a lot.
0: It, it's, it's a lot. A lot yeah, does sound like a lot to
1: pack in there.
0: Right. So will it just nothing come through? Will it just be messy?
1: Right. Right. Let us know.
0: It okay. smells good. It smells like a good gin. Okay. Ooh,
1: you could do some like ASMR with that.
0: Did you hear that? that? <laughs> yeah. <Okay. laughs> um, that's, that has a little like zing to it. It okay. does like a kick have. Yeah, it does have a lot of like kind of earthy peppery things to it.
1: Okay. <laughs> Lean into it, John.
0: Yeah. I wish I could say if I could pick up something else, like specific, sure. but got a really good tingle similar to the, like just on your tongue, it really lights it up and it does come away as peppery and earthy kind of spicy. So yeah, there's a lot to it. Um, I'm not a, I'm not a gin or any liquor connoisseur if, if anyone's, um, not uh wasn't convinced by that but um but yeah i i'm starting to enjoy more um variations on gin and uh this is Mm. another winner this one's more drinkable than the the navy strength that really is like will sock it to you um so
1: oh you mean like solo like you could sip this one yeah and like live a little and wear navy strength you'd be like i need something to cut this yeah
0: yep sure Mm -hmm. And, uh, I, I like the flavor profile of this better too. So winner, James may thumbs awesome. up
1: good job again, yep. knocked it out of the park a second time.
0: <laughs> Sometimes I worry we're not incorporating, as I've said before, enough, uh, you know, alcohol on our pop on the rocks show. So <laughs> yeah. You know got well, to keep it going. I
1: can I can get back in there in March. I've got several several yeah, friends it's... who have promised bottles of things, so
0: Okay, yeah.
1: Hopefully hopefully March April will be a a good time for me.
0: I feel bad I haven't been able to grab a bottle of the new Surly Darkness yet. I, I've wanted mm-hmm. that. I know Surly's not the same um as they used to be at their height, but nonetheless, I still would like to try it. So Yeah. Anyways, it's still,
1: so it's still like Minnesotan staple institution, like people think of Surly, yeah, like when they think Minnesota and it's a great theater.
0: venue, it's a nice place, yeah. so you know, yeah,
1: yeah,
0: um, okay, so you've been busy this week for sure, extra on mm-hmm. your plate, but uh, did you get any fun pop culture entertainment things? done um, I,
1: I did have just just a very, very few um. I uh, I saw that you had you had read one of our webtoons that we've been reviewing, maybe meant to be. So I did catch up on that because I had missed it. Uh, like you mentioned, I was just kind of like ready to get a little bit back into webtoons with the the spare moments I had on my hands. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I did get to start. I was really excited. I didn't bring this up last podcast, but. Um, Mostly because I forgot, but also <laughs> because I just, like, you know, didn't realize the timing of it. Um, one of my favorite Netflix originals, uh, Dead to Me, started season three. That dropped, I think, on the 17th, last Thursday. Okay. Um, So I did get to start the first and second episode of the final season of that. And it's, uh, for anyone who hasn't watched it, the overall tone is very, like, darkly comedic. Um, so it was, it was kind of a nice break. And and I mean, this season, I think as the show has progressed, it's a little aired a little bit more on the comic side. Um, but so this season was a little bit of a nice break from the very heavy packed drama and tension of the finale of house of the dragon. So,
0: okay. Have you, have you talked about this show on, on here before? I I don't remember the title. Yeah. Yeah. Is it, yeah. Um... So,
1: um, so it stars uh Christina Applegate and Linda Cardellini. Um, I don't want to give too much away, but it's two women who are essentially drawn together around um the death of Christina Applegate's husband. You find this out in the first like literally ten seconds of the first episode. Um, but her husband has died in a very mysterious hit and run, and so like the entire first season is her going through like the stages of you know grief in in the wake of that death and then also trying to solve what happened um and she meets linda carlini's character at a like grief therapy counseling type group and they just kind of get drawn together so then their uh their relationship becomes like the core of the show as they like move through a series of life
0: events sounds vaguely familiar yeah Okay.
1: yeah it's it's like I said, really, really well told, well acted. um it it really blew up after the first season was dropped. Like the first season, I think, is the best. but it's been a very solid show. like nice. and i like I like that it's a very limited run. Like they have, I think, a limited amount of stories and space to tell them. And I think three seasons is going to be about perfect,
0: okay. I'm still just flabbergasted by the amount of content out there. Like there is quality mm-hmm. stuff to be seen and found. It's just, it's just not always what's talked about. Cause it's not like universally appealing or it doesn't get the marketing budget or whatever, you know, it's or like that would never show up on my Netflix sure. That show. Wouldn't even be anywhere, you know, um, sure. unless it happened to get into the top 10 charts or whatever they put up there now um yeah and i look for and that think, you know but.
1: i think the second season did i'm not sure if the first season dropped when they had like the top 10 going or not
0: okay yeah right
1: because it's been a little bit between seasons um but i know the second season did but that's hard when like the second season would be in there and you'd be like well that doesn't really mean anything to me Sure. Because I haven't seen the first season. So it's like, sure. it can catch your eye, or you could be like, eh, I've already missed like the first one. Yeah,
0: like, you're already like, behind. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool.
1: Yeah, that's a good one. Um, and then I just had to throw out there because I am solo parenting for the week. Uh, Everett's favorite TV show is also on Netflix. Uh, it's Nickelodeon's version of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And I am now, we're now cycling through the show for the third time.
0: Yeah. Wait. Okay. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. This is the like from five to ten years ago. This one, that the one you're talking about, or is this more current?
1: Because they kind of
0: reinvented and they made everything look weird and stuff. There are several versions
1: of turtles out there. Um. So let me.
0: Because I love the turns. Ninja Turtles from, like I say, five or so years ago until they just reinvented it. I thought it was a really solid sure. show, actually. Um, and it was kind of like hitting a good comeback time for the Turtles. And then they went and did this whole reinvention and changed it. Like, I don't know, they just they had something and then they just changed it all up. And it was not appealing to me. I mean, I know it's not specifically for... A thirty-something-year-old person, but uh, nonetheless, it um, it didn't look appealing to me. And uh, sure. so, if you're going through this, this again, and it's the other series, I'd be shocked because there's a lot of seasons.
1: So this looks like this is either I. Oh, okay. So it's from 2012. Okay, and there's only. Uh, season one on Netflix. Oh. And it, looks like it looks like there are several seasons, and yeah, there might they might be adding. So this is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Netflix also added Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, mm. which which is mm. not. We tried that because we thought like turtles. Like she likes turtles. Mm-hmm. She hates that. Hates that.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: Um. So we'll see. Maybe
0: that's the one. Uh, let's see. Alan's sharing it. Okay. Yeah. So that's the. Okay. Your daughter has good taste because that one's hot garbage. That, uh, <laughs> rise of I, the I turtles. Mean, that's no good. Yes.
1: I've literally seen like five minutes of it and she hated it. So we had to go back to the Perfect. other turtles. <laughs>
0: Perfect. Well, but, you got to yeah. get those other seasons. Up.
1: I know There's I didn't like even six know or
0: seven seasons or something.
1: Yeah, I didn't even know that there were um, which I'm actually OK. Nerd alert moment. I am actually really excited about because I I came in like the first time she cycled through like she and Chris were watching it because it was like summertime and, you know, he had like daddy daycare. So I came in like halfway through and was like, oh, this is kind of cool. But like I didn't really see the season. The second mm-hmm. time I like watched them. And found out right. that like season one ended on this like sweet cliffhanger, that I as an adult was like, what? Like, <laughs> I need to know more about this. Um, and it was just like crushed that there were no more episodes. So now I'm like actually really excited. We're gonna go find out. Yeah. I'm like yeah. thinking about texting Chris right now to be like, guess what?
0: Pick them up, turtles. <laughs> yeah, I, I so. we were we were watching through them uh as full grown adults and uh enjoying them i wonder if like it's like distributor says viacom i just was wondering if they're like on hbo or something cuz who owns nickelodeon who cuz nickelodeon they're part of the whole like uh that that game now um Whatever All Stars thing, it has like mm, SpongeBob yeah. and Scooby Doo and Batman, so that's like Warner Brothers and stuff, sure. right? So, yeah, parent company Warner. Like, I wonder if they're Paramount on Plus. HBO Max,
1: Paramount Plus.
0: Oh, uh, okay. At Do least you have
1: that? well, at least two seasons are on Paramount
0: Plus. Oh my gosh, you can be hot. Yeah, it seems you like just, they're just, just like gotta buy them.
1: Sh- yeah. <laughs> we're just like shopping them around, like different.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you're different, right cuz yeah, of Icom whatever. CBS and then all the different the shake up and the everything getting sold and whatever. So, okay. Yeah,
1: who knows, man. All but right. uh, Yeah, so we're we're watching that season 1 for the third time, but maybe now that we're well, I know that there are more seasons, when we end it this time, we can move on.
0: Yeah, nice.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's very cute. It's very cute. I'm like very excited that she likes something I as an adult can also watch without, you know, wanting to scream or just like yeah. You know, shake in silent rage in a corner as I watch like Coco Melon for the fifty thousandth <laughs> time. Uh. Not to pick on Coco Melon. It was just the first kids show that came to my head.
0: I don't know what that is. I'm sure I will at some point.
1: Oh, yeah. you will someday.
0: <laughs> well, fun. I'm glad you're back in the turtles. Uh, glad your daughter's yeah. in the turtles. That's awesome. Yes. Um, I'm reading, I read something that, um, I don't know, it's kind of like, you know, Ninja Turtles, they started as a comic book.
1: Mm-hmm. And,
0: um, so I read a comic book this last week that, um, not particularly like Turtles, but there are fighting monsters in it. So I guess, sure. uh, that's what I'll, what I'll use. I had mentioned the other week, uh, just last week, even that I had read the supplemental to Inglorious Rex. So probably yeah. not reading it in the proper order. Uh, Blood yeah, Slim I remember that. Tears Volume 1. I have it next to me. But I also have the regular volume, the main event. If my camera would like to focus, <laughs> it would be Almost. wonderful. We, can, we can see the
1: fun colors, though.
0: My, yeah. Oh, oh. Just put it close enough to my face. I'm being focused. Yeah, that's actually so, that's actually pretty good. Yeah. So um, I got a signature on it. That's fun. Always fun to have the signature. Um, I won't show too much in it, but it's uh, this is so very different art than our the previous. Book that I was talked about last week, but mm-hmm. uh, also very good, also very detailed. You can tell it's more of that sort of. um. You know, like you said, you know, superhero book sort of look. Um, yeah,
1: it's got the mm-hmm. classic like color pop for sure. Yep, like eighties mm-hmm. color pop.
0: Yep. So this is an interesting. Uh, so the premise is basically, um, I mentioned it before, I think, where it's about big fighting monsters, but you have pilots of it. So it reminds me of like a of a mech anime or something. Mm um whether yeah. it be a, a gundam those are the types of things that i was always into a gundam or more recent stuff like darling and the franks or something like that um yeah i remember saying it sounded like
1: um uh pacific rim except yep. you like mm-hmm. you said you pilot monsters instead of robots right
0: right yep yeah. and so you okay. find out in this that the the monsters are let's see i don't want to spoil anything you, the monsters are made um and they're made for the 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 fighters and um it's the story of a guy named alex and he has this brother that was like the best rex fighter um in the world or whatever and so he has like big shoes to fill it's kind of been in his shadow or whatever he's struck by tragedy and um Yeah, we have to see how he's going to come out of this. And he's got a a girlfriend that they're going to have some interesting conflict between the two of them. She's a really cool character. Um, She's called uh, Anatomic. And uh, it's like her fighter name or whatever. And um, it's a really good book. I, I, I struggle. So it's thing I found in comics now. It's a, it's a different world. Like when with where I am now in manga and with independent comics, when I grew up, the whole idea was you get go to the store, or whatever, you get your subscription, you, you show up with a comic book shop every week and you get your monthly issue of something. Mm-hmm. Well, knowing more about stuff, people can't generally keep up with this pace and keep quality where it should be. And so... Books get spread out further and so what we're finding i was like this you know i don't know how long for sure this took to write but it was mm-hmm. a year or more you know for this or whatever so it's going to be a year or more for the next volume you know barring sure. any delays or whatever and i'm finding this in all kinds of things like i for a while i was like well that, maybe that's unrealistic that you have you should be getting stuff more frequent but when you look at the the level of art in this um mm-hmm then you're like well yeah but that takes a lot of time and then the color on top of it and stuff you know that's not uh so a person's got to decide what they're into and i see that like webtoons like we're reading webtoons and stuff and i like the art of that but it's much more simplified so you you can get a weekly hit of that and keep Mm -hmm. the story progressing and that's Mm -hmm. fun but you can also go the other route and you get a more sizable book like this, but then you're going to expect to wait. And so my point of why I'm rambling with this is that it's, um, it's difficult for the pacing of a book to be, to explain enough to have enough happen and then leave you wanting more, but being satisfied. Like that's a really challenging Thing to balance, I think, Mm -hmm. and I can't imagine doing that. Where you're going to sit down and you're going to you know put kind of a year to two years of your life into making a book, and then know that your audience is going to read that in fifteen to thirty minutes. Hopefully, they read it a couple times or whatever, and then they don't get another one for another year to two years. Mm -hmm. That's that's a lot to ask. So you got to choose your your art so my point with this is the criticism i have of this book is that i want more i feel like i wanted more setup time and more seeing the struggle of the characters like the minutia of someone training i wanted to like have a little more going on a little more drama with that because this book flies so that's great like a lot happens you know there's no Boring moments or whatever. It's also not like ham-fisted um exposition, which comic Mm -hmm. books are really great at doing, comic books Mm -hmm. and anime, like you know, I'll tell you A, B, and C in a really ineloquent way. This doesn't do that. So that stuff is all really good. But when you want, and it's like I'm not gonna get the next book now for another year. A lot did happen in this, but I I felt like I uh, sped through it that makes mm-hmm. sense like i sped through all that stuff like i want more time mm-hmm. with the fights you know manga is really good with that like you know that they release like a volume or chapter or whatever mm-hmm. not volume a chapter in like shonen jump every week or whatever and it's very short it might just be panels of some fighting or whatever so but then you keep getting your little hit you know mm-hmm. i don't know it's it's a bigger conversation Oh, anyways, Inglorious Rex, um, it was really good. I just wanted to, to slow down, but then my complaint would probably be, well, not enough happened in this book. So it's a catch 22.
1: Yeah. You know. I mean, but it's but it's a valid thing. I mean, if you if you are, like you said, going to expect people to wait for that long, you know, you don't want them to feel that it was over too quickly and that there's, you know not enough to go back to and maybe pour over and ruminate and, and you know, sit with. I mean, which is what some of the slower moments allow you to do. Like, you don't usually go back and like, I mean, you can look at a fight again and, and, you know, think about it. But also like the the minutiae, like you were talking about, the struggle, like the detail of how do we deal with the situation, that's sometimes like the richest source material for going back, pausing, thinking, like, like what what is this situation like really like what is the tension here like what are these characters feeling that's yep. fertile soil for spending more time in that world so yep. yeah so i mean on the one hand sure like it it can feel nitpicky on the other like potentially valid criticism obviously i haven't read it so i can't speak to you know what i think the balance might be but yeah yep. I think it's, I think it's yeah. a valid critique if that's how you felt at the end of it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I I have only have one other criticism and I can't really bring it up because it's spoiler. Um, mm, sure. But I have the next volume on, on order and pre-order basically. So whenever it comes does out, does it have a date I'll attached it. It. or okay. So clearly um, it wasn't. It, there's a, like a, I think there's a, I think there's a month Uh, I don't remember what it is. I didn't even consider what it was. So um, I could look at it. But I think the idea is if you're going to consume this sort of uh, format of media, you're you need to like get you're expected. You're going to get multiple of them. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, you're going to have different series. So you're going to I'm going to read this. Just read Kozor the other week, you know, read all this different stuff that keep that keeps the content coming <clears throat> but right. they're different worlds and different stories and whatever so um if you're you know say really if you're really into this like this author does a book <clears throat> called starlight like cats for kids more and uh it's uh Sounds i thought awesome. about getting. i love that yeah. name <laughs> yeah people really like it and some you know little kids or whatever they just get, get really they're gonna be big fans of it but definitely as sure. a little kid like it's it's different for them because i remember as a kid i had one issue of an x-men comic and i read that over and over and over until it was mm-hmm. shreds mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. like that worked it was fine you know um so that makes more sense uh, for them but almost some of the things you can i guess you just wait it's kind of like a tv show maybe you want to just wait for a few seasons to be out so you can really go through it and get into it okay. you know
1: yeah i mean it's it's the eternal like binge or like do you wait like like what what do you like do you like like the opportunity for the whole season or seasons to drop so you can just like fly or do you like waiting the set amount Mm -hmm. of time and just knowing like you're forced to wait yep i for different things like different like both modes so it's, it's hard to say like definitively but you know, for something like webtoons, I am one of the people who doesn't tend generally tend to spend my coins on like buying new episodes because I like that like week or a couple days that I have to wait.
0: Sure, okay. I mean, some
1: sometimes I can't help it. Sometimes the story is just too good, or like the mm-hmm. the whole overarching, you know, tune itself. Um, I I just love and I have to keep going. But for the most part, like on a lot of them, like I can wait. I get that itch, right. like right at the end, to just like keep going, and then I'm like, no, oh, mm-hmm. it's okay. Like I've made it this far. I can do it.
0: And you can keep yourself entertained with other series, right? So then, yeah, exactly, yeah,
1: exactly. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't it doesn't mean I don't love those series too. Or at some point, like wouldn't grab an episode here or there. But for the most part, it is kind of fun to like think about the next week and what could be happening
0: i get in a thing where though i'm reading and then i'm i see it oh next one available for free in 30 days mm. it's like extra long yeah because i've you know if you go ahead a little bit yeah yeah, yeah. that
1: does get so. tricky yeah <laughs> and then but then like you can find yourself uh you know you're like okay well i've read this many and like next one's free in like 30 days and then you forget And suddenly you have like three or four and it's like a little mini, like binge surprise. You're like, Oh my God, I have like a couple now. I totally forgot. So. Yep.
0: Yep. Well, anyways, Inglorious Rex is available now. You can go ahead and pick that up through the, via the campaign for the second one. So if you're interested in, uh, in that that's there, I want to also, this is going to be a little weird. Um, my one other review for the week, I have it. Digitally. So I'm going to show it to you on, uh, on my sure. iPad. Um, well, yeah, they're really, uh, right. So that's fun. Don, da Don, 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 Don. So this person, um, you okay, can yeah. Tatsu was helped, I guess, with, uh, some chainsaw man, uh, back in the day or some of the manga or whatever. So, um, i'm reading I, I there's this one volume so manga's doing the same thing in uh mm-hmm. i read this one volume the next volume now isn't out until mm, early next year anyways it's a pretty new series okay. so um but anyways the premise of this is that there is two kids one believes in the paranormal and aliens and uh but doesn't believe in spirits And the other one believes in spirits, but not the paranormal and aliens. Um, Mm -hmm. So they meet and we'll just say they're both proven wrong. (laughs) And so, yeah. So the the story involves like these kids getting some abilities and uh, dealing with the paranormal and with um, and with spirits and it's a lot of fun um, it's it's okay. it's well drawn it's lots of uh, lots of action in it it's lots of a little bit of, you know it's definitely comedy and uh, a little bit of horniness um, but pretty reasonable and um, it also deals with oh, that's a cool shot um, oh that
1: is cool I love that that's yeah.
0: creepy. But they incorporate, um, it was part of what I always love about Japanese stuff. They incorporate um spirits and you know, yokai and different things from real lore or mythology or whatever. So um they talk about here's uh well, I guess I won't give that away, but anyways, they're incorporating things from from real legend and myth and whatever into this, okay, and then the kids are going to go exploring and have trouble with uh, dealing with all these things. So, volume one's available. I got it on on like Apple iBooks, you know, for seven bucks, and it was a it was a good read um, for sure. And I'm looking forward to volume two. So, awesome. Don da don 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 is what that is.
1: Yeah, I'm so glad that you pronounced that because I definitely looked. It was like thinking about noodles right about now. <laughs> but I'm guessing that's
0: not how I say it. <laughs> I love some of the uh like I don't like the trend in manga and anime to be the longest title possible. Mm, you know, sure girl that woke up in another world and is perfect at cooking. That would be like a title right. to say, you know, it's like right. what? But I do like tongue or like, like ones that are yeah, you know, like Doro He Doro, I like that. Mm-hmm. I like that. And then Dandadan. I like that. So
1: Dunga Rompa.
0: Yeah. Like there's that. some fun things to say for sure. But yeah. Anyways, those are my um mini reviews and suggestions and that sort of thing. I did other stuff this week, but uh we'll move on and get into some get into some news, just a couple things as I mentioned. Um yeah. we're gonna start off with more sad news. Um, like two weeks in a row now here not yeah, uh bad childhood the most news. fortunate you right so you're talking ninja turtles another mm-hmm. childhood staple for us or at least for me was Power me yeah yeah so um jason david frank the green ranger and then eventually white ranger um mm-hmm. known as tommy oliver has died and um it looks like suicide unfortunately he was only 49. Um, really sad. Like, he was a real martial artist. He, you know, was a big part of Power Rangers, stuck with it for many years, went to tons of fan conventions and signed stuff for people all the time. And, like, yeah, it's pretty sad.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh, and, I mean, not to make it about his work, but it's. it looks like he was in the middle of shooting something. Um, as right before he he passed away um so that's always Mm. i feel like an extra layer of sadness there's a there's an unfinishedness both about life and creative work that happens Mm -hmm. when they're when they're in the middle of you know something that they're doing or they're working on and it's just i don't know i feel like it's doubly sad for the people that know him and the people that were working with him that's just got to be so tough Yep. So I just I just feel really sad about this whole story, top to bottom.
0: Yeah, and like understatement, but right. But you know, last week we talked about Kevin Conroy, and now we have uh, Jason, David Frank, and two people that really, like, career wise, committed themselves to a thing. You know, Um, Kevin Conroy was Batman. Like, he spent his life being, you know the dark knight and jason david frank you know look down as i imdb and there's you know there's other things but largely he was he was a power ranger you know and i think there's something kind of cool about that in terms of like i have not heard bad things about about him uh you know like in general all the people always say good things and is dedicated to this thing Uh, and i just think there's something cool about that And Mm -hmm. I like that, too, that he was actual martial artist instead of just always pretending or something or having a stunt double all the time or whatever. So, yeah,
1: I feel like Power Rangers had a really good mix of that. You know, especially in the early days, there was like a a real commitment to like, let's also find like actual martial artists who can, you know, I mean, maybe it's not Oscar worthy work, but can, you know. At least hold a story mm-hmm. arc on camera for a little bit here.
0: Hmm. So, yeah. Well. Yeah.
1: Very sad. Um. I I see like some of the uh, rest in in power. Um. Mm. Wishes from you know co-stars and things, and it just kind of takes on a new meaning knowing he was a Power Ranger. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's that's a really beautiful, beautiful thing for his co-stars to be saying.
0: Hmm. Well, uh, condolences to the family. Um, people have, I've heard other people say it, so it's like uh, not me come up with or anything like that, but just people have said, Hey, you know, for a lot of folks, the holidays get tough for people if they're going through anything. So we just you know, talk to someone let somebody know if you're having trouble, yeah. Um, all right. Unrelated. Different story, very different story. Um, on to Disney and the surprising late Sunday news that uh, Bob Chapek is uh, is gone, mm-hmm. and uh, Bob Iger <laughs> will be brought back as CEO of Disney. Yeah. Thoughts, Andrea.
1: The Bob's, the Bob's. I, yeah. I don't know why there's there's something very so strange about like Bob replacing Bob. I don't know why, like there's some sort of like this could be a sh- great like sideshow Bob story in my brain um <laughs> but uh yeah, I just I feel like everybody else I feel like you know Bob Chapic here just absolutely blindsided by that decision, like there was no hint of worry from Disney. there was no like you know. Outside reporting of like failing numbers and leaving audiences, and what do we do? And suddenly, like we're we're. I, I mean, with that. There, there there was a little bit, but there wasn't like some sort of you know Disney is a sinking ship feeling that I get with this news. Do you know what I mean? Like bringing well, Bob Iger back to me says like major worry internally that I really didn't see like reflected in anything else there wasn't there was no hint of that so i guess whoever's like at disney way to keep your lips locked and no leaks and run that that ship tight but yeah i just i wasn't prepared for like this level of crisis mode from disney you know what i mean i mean i feel like we we all had inklings of like they weren't performing the best but this just feels extra
0: i think that um I think that the that's the illusion they want everybody to see because and um, well done. we get a yeah, we get a lot of well we get protected. a lot of media coverage like oh my god, this movie is out and oh wow and stuff but the stock it Disney's stock is one of the worst performing stocks constantly now. Like they mm-hmm. have been way down and the board isn't happy about it. They have um not only is the stock doing horribly and has been. Um, they had um, the theme park for the first time. One of the universal uh, parks passed up Disney in terms of numbers. That's just not a thing that happens. So their theme parks are not doing as well as expected. Um, and then they're losing their, me. their Well, because they raise the price there's... and lower the quality
1: yeah i just i thought that in one of their recent reports like the theme parks were actually one of the bright spots i remember the coming out of that report
0: in um right the theme parks are one of the things that make them money but they're still on downward track from where sure, they have sure, been sure. i mean people had nicknamed bob chapik bob cheapik because it was like cutting mm. he was the park guy and he was always about cutting corners of the parks and um So they're not seeing the numbers they want there, there, you know, it's lots of available bookings for that. And then they're losing money hand over fist on the streaming service. So they're not, you know, everybody expects you have to take time to build up money there to build a streaming Mm -hmm. platform, but how much money are you going to dump in before you feel like you're seeing some sort of gains, you know, like uh, how, how long will you go? So I, I've thought that Disney, not only from like my own specific viewpoint, but I mean, look, the movies, the, that's why it's easy to to see think they're doing fine, is because you see the big numbers the movies bring in, mm-hmm. but they're not numbers like the other movies used to be. Movies end game mm-hmm. and earlier, and especially accounting for inflation. When you look at numbers and then you account for inflation, like Black Panther is sure. doing way worse than the first one. Well, people love the first one. The f- second one should be doing better and it's lost like 40% of the audience that went to see the first one. So mm-hmm. they're, they're in trouble. And I didn't obviously see the CEO change like this, you know, on the weekend coming all of a sudden, for sure. Mm-hmm. That was a surprise. Um, but yeah, it suggests things are even worse than they appeared. Uh, right. Definitely worse than they say it is. And, right. um, and but my biggest thing is, like, what's the point? What is the point of bringing Bob Iger back? Because. Yeah, he hasn't yeah, done was, anything
1: like <laughs> Yeah, I was I was kind of thinking about this, uh, you know, as a, as I was reading through the story, like, what's the move here? And I mean, my my separate thought from this is, you know, <laughs> I mean, if it can't get any worse, I guess, like, who cares if this announcement, like, sends Disney's stock tumbling further? but be interesting to see what happens if it does take another tumble because people are like, oh, my God, it's so bad, you know, ditch, run, hide. Or if it's like, oh, this is familiar and comforting that Bob Iger is back, like maybe we're going to take some baby recovery steps. So that would be interesting to see kind of which way that announcement affects that. Um, But the other thing is, and this is going to tie into my larger feelings about Disney-slash-Marvel, Bringing Bob Iger back, I hope it's a short term patch for somebody new, because we've been there, we've done that, we've done. I hope we're not trying to like recapture some earlier glory magic, because we've done that. We're tired of that. We really would like something new. And I'm I'm speaking, I think metaphorically a little bit about like our issues with Marvel here. Like, there's too much. Formulaicness to Marvel right now, and there's not enough like invention. So I'm just sort of thinking like, if we're running back to Bob Iger, are we like running back towards that even harder, or is this just like, like I said, we just need like a steadying influence who knows the lay of the land right now until we find somebody who is up and coming who can learn a little bit under Iger, and then we can like re let him go. That's my yeah, bi- that's my big question.
0: Uh yeah, I I think that I do think it's temporary. I think that's probably I the, hope so. the right call. I hope so. Um, <laughs> it's uh, to me, it's it's like that that's the only thing I can come to as well. It's like, okay, we'll take people that don't really understand who did what as CEO. Understandably, most people aren't paying attention to that. All they mm-hmm. know is, hey, things seem good under Iger and things mm-hmm. seem not so good under Chapik so we'll bring back Iger. like you say it's company comforting thing hopefully stop the slide of the stock maybe we get a little bump while we bring in a successor while we train up a successor or whatever right and then go And on. we do because- it a little more
1: seriously this time yeah. clearly
0: right because it's just I, yeah i don't know i shocking big news mm-hmm. um i I wonder how gullible the investors will be <laughs> what will what will, you know will everybody start buying now. um what's gonna happen in the stock here um mm-hmm. it's weird that you know, I don't hear about any accountability from the board, you know, they're pin it all on Chapic. they pin all this stuff on Chapic that easy for he just he just like continued the momentum that was it. Mm-hmm. he just stuck to the plan all the things it's just uh what a fall guy they're using here Uh, well it
1: sounds it sounds like he really is perfect because it sounds like there were complaints that were unfortunately ignored or minimized for for a few years about chapik and his management style um and his like budget cutting practices you know both to in certain situations that were that were needed practicalities and in certain situations just felt, like you said, he was being Bob Cheapik. So, mm-hmm. I mean, on the one hand, like, he's an easy fall guy. It sounds like he wasn't going to be the right guy in the long term anyway because he alienated a lot of people. On the other hand, if you're his oversight, like, and you really just ignore all of that and put him there anyway, like, you're still not doing your job. Yeah. So, this time around... Do your damn job and do it better. Pick a better person.
0: I, you know, I feel like, I feel like the only thing in my limited knowledge that he can take any responsibility for is probably some of the down park numbers. That's what I, you know, like I say, I've heard a lot of complaints with him dealing with the parks or whatever. And otherwise, I don't know. Does the board just look for someone that will blindly do their bidding and when things don't work out we get rid of you and bring in someone else like
1: well that's what it sounds like Chapik was
0: yeah it's i just, mean uh, you know
1: doing their bidding by you know attempting to cut budgets and therefore increase profits but it backfired i think he cut too deeply and product suffered
0: yeah, I don't know. Cuz I mean, I mean, honestly
1: I like it's it's I mean, and I can't tie this of course because I'm not in the inner workings of Disney. But I mean, we've been talking a lot about the fact that like a lot of people working on Marvel shows have been like, listen, we don't have we've been asked to work like crazy hours. We don't have the budget to do things like there was so much that came out um around She-Hulk, around uh Doctor Strange about CGI teams. And makeup teams and effects teams that were like, we are being asked to do absolutely, you know, batshit insane things on shoestring budgets, on working insane overtime with no compensation. Like, this is just getting out of hand. So, I mean, if if this is also like another effect of Chapik's leadership, then, you know, can't say I'm sorry to see him go. If it means that like creative teams will be, you know, properly funded to do things like make great effects again.
0: Yeah. And we don't know how far does, you know, responsibility does, uh, you know, you have Kevin Feige who lords over Marvel and you have Kathleen Kennedy who lords over Star Wars, you know, right. Did they not take any shoulder, any of the blame?
1: Right. I don't know where, where, you know, responsibility begins and ends. Yeah. I'm obviously, like I said, I'm not in the weeds in the thick of it at Disney. So I don't know, but I mean, we'll see. Yep. A lot, I mean, this is obviously a huge shakeup, so there's bound yep. to be ramifications, good and bad.
0: Yep. I listened to a lot of coverage today. It's a big story. I'm sure I'll hear lots of coverage between now and, and over the next couple of weeks. And so it'd be interesting to see how it develops. Indeed. Um, um, oh, I heard a thing. I went before, right before I move on. I heard a thing that in his biography, in Bob Iger's biography, and I, this is not verified myself. So, grain of salt, mm-hmm. that he kind of brags about getting Star Wars from George and sort of tricking him into thinking he would be running it. Like he would be, have more creative control and input. Then mm-hmm. was, you know, then like then it happens. The, the deal's about to happen. And I was like, no, you're not, you're not even part of any of this. You know, to me it seems too it seems unbelievable because how Lucas wouldn't have lawyers properly looking at everything to make yeah. sure whatever's promised is taken care of. But that's what it's why it sounds like sort of a brag, like I managed mm-hmm. to do this. Yeah, right. I don't know. I don't know. I, I want to look into it more because um, it just sounds like is like exposing some personal, what sounds like really shady stuff um, in his mm-hmm. own biography. So,
1: yeah, that's a, uh, that's quite the tea to spill. I hope he never has to uh, like count on that relationship with George Lucas ever again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like, I, I yeah. hope they don't have to work together because that'd be shit. Yeah. If you're just like, hey, well, <laughs> yeah. pulled one over.
0: Mm hmm. So, anyway, I probably shouldn't bring it up without ver- any sort of verification. I just heard about it this weekend. And, um, thought, well, I mean, if that's it's in true. His,
1: if it's in his biography or his autobiography, right. like it's, I mean, he's putting it out there. It's not like you right. heard something.
0: Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep.
1: So, but interesting.
0: And it means it's verifiable. So, if you're, if it right. is, or not. But yeah. Yeah. Right. All right. Um, main event. House of the dragon episode ten the season finale the real season finale um h b o they took a they took a risk i guess investing a lot of money into some talent to bring a new show from the Game of Thrones from george R, R. martin's world back onto the screen after mm-hmm. a universally lambasted season finale to Game of Thrones and um Yeah. We'll, we'll talk episode 10 specifically. And then of course, overall thoughts uh, for the season as well. Um, Episode 10 starting out, you know, I should say episode nine ending with the quick um, swearing in, oathing in of a new king quick
1: crowning ceremony.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Of a a new and um, one would think illegitimate King and we get to now the, to see the other side, how this news spreads, of course, to Rhaenyra and Damon. So. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, I was watching the, the post show, you know, summary and discussion and, uh, you know, the creators were talking about how like nine and 10 are really sister episodes because it's the same incident, you know, Viserys, passing away. um. But, you know, just viewed from two completely different sides and I kind of wish I would have been able to watch nine and 10 kind of back to back just to kind of like right. get a feel for that yeah. like mirroring more. It was difficult mm-hmm. to, it wasn't terribly difficult to get back into like what happened in nine and you know, that was like all about the side of the high towers and the greens and you know, we're back now to the to the red and blacks, which represent so you know how I feel. Um but uh yeah, I just I kind of wish neutral. I would have able to y- Yep, neutral. Good for you, good for you. I uh I I can I can talk about the show neutrally, but when it comes to uh to how I feel, I I'm pretty settled on on who I think is in the right and wrong. Um but, yeah, so I, I just I wish I'd gotten to see the episodes closer together because I think that would have been really impactful, yeah, and it was it, it was would... difficult to kind of like feel that tension because you right. obviously have two episodes where entire sets of characters are intentionally left out because you're not telling their story right now,
0: yeah, so. yeah, no, I agree. It definitely. Like the best of Game of Thrones uh, this series, the season um kind of calls for a rewatching. I think it would be interesting mm-hmm. to see in a rewatch how this flows, really how the transitions between all the different actors switching out and stuff uh works mm-hmm. or doesn't work um so yeah, and what we what we've missed um thing foreshadowing we've missed and such so right. Um
1: yeah, uh, this this episode does have a lot of callbacks to early parts of the season. I mean, uh, to to get right into a couple of events, um, there are, there are moments that directly echo. I think ep- episodes one and two. Um, yes. You know, we we have Renice coming, flying directly from the Red Keep to Dragonstone to just drop bombs on Rhaenyra and Daemon and tell her, you know, her father has passed. And Alicent, who, you know, they were just reforging a friendship, has decided to decisively turn her back on that and crown her son king, Um, you know, dis- despite obviously knowing that, for- in Rhaenyra's mind, that Viserys had chosen Rhaenyra as his heir. So there's there's a whole, like, Friendship repudiation there, um, that just sends Ranira into complete overdrive, and unfortunately triggers a an early labor and a preterm birth and a tragic loss of an infant, um, and we have a, a funeral scene there that directly mirrors exactly what Viserys encountered in Episode yep. One, you know, the the burying of his own premature child. Yep. So that that's a that's a big call out right there. And then there's there's a later confrontation at Dragonstone, uh, you know, Damon and Otto and Rhaenyra flying in on uh, Cyrax that calls out for, you know, episode two or three, I think. So, yeah.
0: Yep. On the bridge and stuff.
1: Yes. Mm hmm.
0: Yeah. So, covered no, a lot of territory
1: there. Sorry to like.
0: No. Yeah. I, I, it was, it was all just those like, mirroring moments were great. Yeah. I liked that a lot. Yeah. It's uh, it well done. Any of, those, any of those times you can be made to think of, I think that it's important in adding to the feeling for an audience that you, you've really been through an experience you've been through a lot with these characters and, uh, that's really important. And so going back to the beginning, it, it adds a weight. Um, that's what mm-hmm. always, one thing I always thought about the Lord of the rings, you know, when you, and sort of where you begin, you get to see the Shire again type of thing, or whatever. Um, that's important because you then think of when you last saw the Shire, and you're like, Holy shit, you know, all, like all this stuff that has happened, mm-hmm. it's crazy. Right. How do you go on? Like, how is it, you know, whatever? And so you have that sort of thing here. Um, everybody's been through a lot. Um, and yet we yeah, end up it- with the same kind of stuff going on now.
1: Right. Right. And I think, I think good stories don't make you feel that, 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 you know, starting and ending in the same place is just like pointlessly circuitous. It's a, it, right. like you said, it's a very like, you know, a, a moment to pause to be like, when was the last time we were here? Like, look at how much has happened. This is similar and yet different. Yeah, And I think that's key. Like you can't recreate things exactly because then your your audience is left feeling like you haven't gone anywhere. But in these like echoing, mirroring moments that are just tinged slightly differently, you know, like Rhaenyra going through this instead of Viserys. Um, or even, you know, like the the revisiting of Otto versus Damon um on Dragonstone yep. with Rhaenyra coming in has a very different feel as she's no longer, you know, in her mind, um, and, you know, depending on who you ask in the realm, no longer a princess, she's the queen now, coming to treat on Damon's side with Otto, rather than to Damon with Otto. So it's very, very different situations.
0: Yeah, and I really like how it's sort of drilled home in this episode, um, including that bridge scene and later, how she has inherited her father's demeanor and temperament. Like yes, the idea that, yes. you know, when we first see her and stuff, it's like, yeah, she's a kid and she's like, won't take any responsibilities, not like what's mm-hmm. thrust upon her all this stuff. But as she's growing up now, we've found that like she's taken, and we're reminded this, of this more than once, that she's taken uh, to ruling more uh, in the vein of her father than mm-hmm. um, than you might expect. And maybe she is rubbed off on, on her in some of the best ways.
1: Yeah. And I like that both, I think as um, a viewer, just, you know, I've, I've talked a lot about how um, Patty Considine playing Viserys has been one of my favorite characters and my favorite surprises. You know, I just hadn't known of him before and I really think he just knocked it out of the park this season. So I love as, you know, a fan of that actor that, you know, Rhaenyra is now following in a kind of Viserys-like path. Um, but I also like it for her character, and I like the w- way that I see that come out in the show. Um, and she's kind of bettering her character. Um, she's taking, like, some important parts of Viserys, but bettering them. You know, yeah. she's very much um, measured and and uh, cautious when it comes to, like, this, you know decision about war she's like you know i have a higher duty like i'm not you know just throwing away all of this peace and prosperity and stability because i'm angry or because i deserve to sit on the throne like that's not the most important thing but then when it comes to her family and talking to jaceres and Lucerus, um you know, about getting them ready to roll. She's a little bit more present. She's like, you know, I'm going to guide you. And she's like, my father was there for me. But I think we know as viewers, he was not he wasn't. He had some moments, sure, where he was very, like, hands-on teaching Rhaenyra. And then he had some moments where he was just like, peace, I'm out. I'm really frustrated with you. Like, I'm just going to be absent for a while. So I think she's, like, kind of taking some of that to the next level with her kids. And Mm -hmm. it's really great to see
0: yeah um i agree Um, (laughs) and they did well with the moments that's always a tough thing like someone else is chosen to be leader or whatever and the difficult thing with then that power being recognized and so how do you respond? And so the, some of those moments were good. Like she approaches the really cool table, by the way. We should uh, yes. like invest and get that. Think about playing D&D yes, D D on that.
1: <laughs> yes, please. Also, I want like perches for candles, like rows of candles. So it all mm-hmm. looks like set of flame.
0: Yeah. Baller. Yep. Yep. Um, you know, it's like, OK, where do we stand? And then we get going, you know, and Damon's right on it. He's ready for this. That's uh, definitely the the path he is expecting to go on. Um, one thing I wanted to bring up, because uh, we went by her a little bit, we talked about Renice coming in, uh, warning them, Damon expressing frustration like, why didn't she just torch yeah. them all? And definitely, you know, Ashley and I's thoughts, uh, your thoughts as well, I think. Do we yeah. find any issue <laughs> with her decision? to not like, are we, are we good with her reasoning or is there something more or is it a plot device? Sure.
1: sure. Um, I think the answer is a little bit of both. Um, you know, I have here, like I'm, I'm very frustrated with Damon in this episode. I have very two minds about like basically ever, every conversation and interaction he has. Uh, cause on the one hand, like he is, I think upset at Renice for not just like, porching the high towers because we were like you're right there like do it it's probably actually going to save the realm a lot of chaos if you do um so yeah and then on the other hand completely separately during this interaction i was like ranira is obviously like going into labor right now like maybe be a little concerned about that like maybe be like oh you okay wife who's having (laughs) my baby right now (laughs) Um so yeah separate issue but so to back to Renes um I think there is obviously a little bit of plot device because if she torched all the high towers there goes the dance of the dragons um and and you you have to make it make sense somehow and I think they do a nice job of Rhaenyra echoing her sentiments later you know Renes says like this war isn't mine to begin. Like, I'm not going to be the person to strike the first blow. And like, I don't need to spill the blood. And then later Rhaenyra is like, I'm ready for war. Like, I'm pretty sure this is what's going to happen, but I also am not going to reach out and strike the first blow. Like if there's a chance that we can negotiate peacefully. And I think there's a nice job of at least like attempting to make that reasoning flow through. From character to character, so we can at least find some believability in it. Now, am I totally convinced? No, but you know, you 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 tried. You you tried to like follow that through Mm -hmm. in another character. So
0: yeah, you know, I was wondering, does the character have other things like you know? It's a little uncertain of where she wants her loyalties to lie. Like she has a hatred for uh, Rhaenyra and for Daemon thinking yeah. they took her son. So like, is, can we add this into the complexity? Like she, she's given them one answer, but really there is an added couple layers. Like, I don't know what side I'm actually on. Yes. I was held captive by these guys, but they didn't actually do anything to me. And the, other people that are, you know, Rhaenyra that's sworn to be queen, she's not great and I don't love her either. So what should I do? Like, can I stay out of this sort of thing? Yeah. Thinking that in the moment anyways. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, I think uh, that's that's one of the fun things about Renice, Um, and one of the things I like about uh, the actor Eve Best. She does complexity well and Rhaenys has a lot of competing thoughts, and feelings all of the time. I mean, she's got decades-long um, resentment towards Viserys and, and by extension, Rhaenyra for, you know, getting passed up. She's got extra resentment for Rhaenyra for being a woman, you know, being chosen to be heir and queen of the Seven Kingdoms, and people actually, like, went so far as to bend the knee to her. You know, I mean, now, now everything's in turmoil, but at least at the time, right. I mean... She definitely had some feelings about that. Um, you know, she's she's got feelings about obviously like the High Towers who are coming in, you know, locking her away um from her family, her dragon. That wasn't great. But like you said, they really didn't do a whole lot to her. Um, I'm sure she's got feelings about the High Towers in the sense of like she does repeatedly say, I'm loyal to what my husband thinks, and he declared for Rhaenyra, so like I do feel a pull to be re- loyal to Renira, not the High Towers. even if, like, personally, I'm sort of ambivalent about anybody taking the throne who isn't me. Um, and then she's got resentment towards her husband, Corlys. You know, she tried to stay out of it a long, long time ago, and he was all like, no, we have to keep pushing, yeah. like, keep reaching. I have my ambitions. And I think she feels bitter about that because it's cost, you know, in her mind, it's cost her her children. So she's got a lot of conflicting feelings at any given moment in time. And yeah, she's just continually, I think, trying to sort out where she's gonna land, who she's gonna side with. And this episode does a really great job, I think, of helping her finally declare for Rhaenyra through seeing how much, you know, Rhaenyra has gone through in her short life, how much pain She's right. experienced and suffering and turmoil, especially for, um, you know, for the crown, essentially. She's lost already now. We haven't gotten to it yet. But in this episode, Renée sees her lose children, in the plural, yep. basically because of being named heir. So there's no longer, I think, a shine to it for her and no longer a... Why does Rhaenyra get rewarded and she gets this thing that I didn't? Mm. She's just seeing like the pain and mm. thinking, like, so you are like me. Yep. And I can, I can stand behind you as a strong woman.
0: Yep. I, I, I so agree was, it, the, was a, it was, was know, a long, she's like, roundabout. Yeah. It's complex. <laughs> but, she has, but yeah, layers.
1: she's a lot to unpack.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think it might be part two, just, not having the stomach to torch someone else's children, then to torch all these people and end them right there, you know, again, going through the stuff you've gone through yourself, and then you're gonna just off another mother's kids right there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, these easily A rational person can could not have the stomach to do that, so yeah,
1: it does. Uh, as long as we're we're on uh Renice's children, I mean rhaenyra in episode eight had said you know i swear to you i had nothing to do with laner's death kind of makes me wonder if like at some point there'll be a reference a conversation a slipping in
0: hmm. i something. mean if you really want to mess up um this new i know alliance i know because uh Corliss is like, you have my ships, you know, the full weight of right. our everything, you know, you want to mess that up, say, actually, your son's alive. And uh, <laughs> we just, you know, I mean, look, he was happy to do he it too. mess you it know? up? He's like, ah, I don't, well, the deception, the deception, and then the, the Corliss would probably jump right back into, are- see, the, the air, I do have an air. To, you know, uh, yeah, he would,
1: but like, we, I can feel like we know from this episode that like Renice wears a lot of the persuasion pants in this family. Sure. Because, I mean, a lot of the time Corliss is like, the thing. And she's like, no, don't do the thing. And then he comes back around. He's like, ah, you're right. Like, I should have listened to you. I'm going to, I'm going to do what you want to do. And she's like, actually. Let's like do this new thing that I decided. And he's like, cool, yeah.
0: Yeah, <laughs> we get that, but we kind of get that finally now. Like that was part of the issue is spent years not doing what she wanted in the sense that, like, we're, you know, for yeah. for every everything we've got, we're going to be seeking, you know, power and stature. And um for what? You know, and she's now admitting finally when they've lost so much you're right. You know, right. That's, you know, but then quickly, you're right. But then she's like, but right now we can't because we have living heirs ourselves that they'll like, they won't be allowed to live. It's not going to work out that way.
1: Right? I Yeah. I mean, I think I, I put this in my show notes. Corliss just is too little too late. Like the whole like, let's stay out of it. That would have been great when Renee proposed that like years ago. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like it's way too late to be out of it now. Like she is correct in that. Like Bela, she already made this betrothal, betrothal for Bela and Reina to marry Joceros and Luceris. So there's no way. I mean, and obviously as we see in this episode that these kids are going to be just like left to their own devices and allowed to grow up and become threats. So yeah, I mean there there is a real problem here. Um and if it does come to war, which everybody I think secretly or not so secretly believes it will, nobody's just going to like leave Driftmark alone. Right. Nobody's just going to be like you want to be like Switzerland's be neutral like cool. We we find that totally fine. Nobody needs your ships. Like no. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean just yeah. just from like right. a yeah. you know right. even if they didn't have skin in the game nobody was gonna leave them alone anyway right so mm-hmm.
0: yeah um do you so we see uh Rhaenyra trying to firstly the little bit of a play at her heart do you remember Alicent you know mm. you guys used to be mm. friends and then mm. that kind of you know she's ah, like okay no. you know I'll have. <laughs> have my answer otto come morning. Just,
1: no otto can just fuck all the way off i've said it so many times this season but he really really can i'm sorry <laughs> that was just some manipulative bs and if but and if it- alice if i mean i don't even know that that page came from alicent well. or if otto freaking stole it and just like decided to make a play or if Allison did give it to him. But either way, you knew he was going to use it in a very manipulative fashion. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like either way, it didn't seem sincere. And I was just like,
0: ugh, gag. Does it contribute to her staying her hand? Cause she's in there, you know, and that's an interesting conversation here is, so we have this, this element of, you know, you had this relationship with allison this emotional thing like that but then also looking at the greater picture of what's my responsibility to the realm and obviously obviously damon is not for it because he's you know he feels like he was shut out a long time ago for, yeah. for things that he was deserved of and yeah. if Rhaenyra is possibly seen through the fog to notice that maybe the more important things are her children and all of, you know, high rock, not, uh, you know, burning in the capital, you know, everywhere, uh, in Westeros, yeah, just yeah. burning to the ground. Um, that's valuable, but is it realistic as well? Like, I, I mean, do you take the offer? Is the offer reasonable? Like what's the, no. why not? No. Why not? It's, it's not reasonable. Peace. Peace. It, it, Everybody gets lands and titles and we're all you know, you guys get Dragonstone or whatever. You get all the things. No, they've, you know?
1: they've already shown sneaky treachery, so there's no way to say that they wouldn't like plant them up in their respective castles and then be like, whoopsie, an accident or, you know, oh, Joceros as Cupbearer was fighting in tourney," or, you know, some sort of other act. There's, there's no way... I mean, I would trust their word at all. They pulled all of this off without even telling, giving Rhaenyra the simple courtesy of telling her her father died. So, no, there's no way I would trust the word of a High Tower at this point to just be like, let me offer your sons, like, super insulting, sad positions as cupbearers. That's not even, like, a real thing. You know what I mean? There's no real responsibility there. There's no, like weight and meaning to it. It it forever places you below it infantilizes you because it's a job usually done by a younger person. So mm-hmm. it's so it's an attempt to put them in a very, you know
0: Diminutive it's, it, it's position, an, yeah.
1: Yes, yes, diminutive position. Thank you. That's the word I was really searching for, actually. Um so yeah, I I think this offer is total bullshit. And it's and it's echoed and made seem all the more hollow by Otto's yelling at Rhaenyra like Aegon has the crown which he doesn't he has another crown he has the sword he has the scepter he has all the symbols of legitimacy and you could just look at him and go like so
0: it's a good point
1: I could in front of an audience yeah I could put on a cape tomorrow would that make me you know like a superhero would would putting on oh too soon too soon I can't do it um, so was the queen? You yeah, like, I was, I was. It's so soon, but but it is an enduring symbol of the English monarchy. So I, maybe I'm not tying it to the queen, but were I to put on, you know, the the velvet cape, hold the scepter, the globe, um, or the orb, and be be crowned, does that make me like legitimately anything, or does it mean that I'm just wearing the symbols of this office? Like, symbols don't yeah. mean anything without, like, believing in the person and believing in their their ability behind it. I mean, symbols are just symbols. Right. Anybody can like... copy them. I mean, think about how many, like, movie props and knockoffs are made of those things. Like, we imbue symbols with power, sure. But at the end of the day, like, if you don't believe in the person behind it, it doesn't mean that much.
0: But it and and, it and all of matter. Otto's bluster,
1: all all of Otto's bluster to me was just like somebody basically trying to like shout at the world and like tilt at windmills and convince people like I matter, this matters. <laughs> you know, the more you have to convince people, the less power you have.
0: I mean, it was it was wise to act so quickly and to have all these symbols presented to someone that is reasonably to the public, uh, an heir, you know, Mm -hmm. has a claim to the throne, um, has the blood, looks certainly more the part than, you know, not than Rhaenyra, but than her kids, you know, like. And Jocerys, yeah. I
1: mean, we all know at this point they're, they're, you know, sons of house strong and they do not have Targaryen features. It's okay.
0: Right. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, to the general public, I don't know. Be interesting. What would happen? <laughs> what would happen if um Harry was, you know, like Charles was out of country and Harry Oh,
1: oh sorry, uh, sorry, you're going to, yeah, to the, the actual Ro- English monarchy. Yeah, I, <laughs> <like, laughs>
0: I was like, <laughs> who am I Harry." Missing? Yeah.
1: yeah. I was like, we have another like Jason situation. We have all these like cool ass names, you know, yeah, Rivera, and, and then yeah. Jason and Harry over here. I was like oh yeah. man okay no sorry
0: i mean what would present, what would happen if all of a sudden a they team? like try to you know give harry all the the objects and throw them in front of the the um castle there and uh here's your new king and then charles shows back up hey that was mine Eight. i'm not dead yet yeah
1: yeah yeah, I mean it is it is a s a very similar situation, to be sure. Like that's a mm-hmm. that's a, a good as good as you're gonna get real world analogy. Um, you know, as far as I'm aware, uh Philip and, and Elizabeth did not have any Ill- illegitimate or not illegitimate, um, but you know, I mean Elizabeth obviously Bastards. didn't well, she didn't like remarry and have like a kind of half sibling you know, separate Mm. family, a secondary family. I don't, I'm, I apologize. I don't really know how to put that the best way. Um, because, you know, Rhaenyra and, and Aegon are obviously half siblings. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, um, there's, there's certainly ways that I think people can be convinced for, for certain, but I mean, if, if, uh, you know, say Charles wasn't Harry's father if some other man were, and he were just running around yelling like, Harry has all the symbols, it means he's king. Like, it just, when you feel the need to like shout it like that at everybody, it just, I feel like takes away some essence of respect and power because in my view, real leaders don't need to convince you with their words. They need to convince you with their bearing and their actions
0: real. And, and
1: that's what that's that's what that's what leaders in my mind would do um not just have people like run around being like i'm the king i'm the king because i because real, i trust with the thing and i'm the king <laughs> you know real
0: leaders yes but real rulers not necessarily rulers are instated in a way you know like when we talk about a monarchy or whatever Whereas leaders kind of have to have the respect and, you know, are, are granted the power um, that those, you know, that the populace or their followers give them, you know, the the population doesn't really give the queen or anyone their power. The royal family does, you know, I mean,
1: but see, this is, this is where it's, it's becoming hard to carry on the analogy because. I mean, the the actual royal family in England is symbolic, and here we're talking, right. you know, about a show that, like,
0: literal, yeah,
1: like there is actual leading to do, <laughs> you yeah. know, you are actually the leader and have all the weight of actual political decision. So, yes and no.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's what that's you, why so, I'm like I'm struggling with the analogy there.
0: Yeah, I I know it's a like an aside thing, and but. You know if you feel like answering and you have an opinion on it what do you like what do you think of like the symbolic monarchy how do you you feel like that is in terms of um you know mm-hmm. a system for them like what do you you know is it uh obviously we're outsiders so we don't have the same sort of sure, look at it from sure.
1: yeah um I think there it's it's taken on a bit of a different light to me in in um, the wake of the queen's death, because even though it was you know symbolic- it was and is symbolic, there's something about you know Elizabeth having been through so many historical events um and bearing witness and kind of you know people did especially like in the beginning when it was it was feeling less symbolic and less like you know of a touristy kind of drawer like you know entertainment tonight or like who's wearing what right. when there was more investiture in um her being like kind of a a cultural leader there there was a weight to that position and there was a you know we need somebody to look to and that's not always just going to be our prime minister we need someone to help us with how we feel about things, not only the decisions we have to make as a nation, um, you know, through our voting or through our, our um, voices to our elected leaders on like laws and, and, you know, policies and things like that. There was a, how do we need to feel about this and how, how do we have the space to react? And I think she was someone, you know, people could identify with who, in her earlier years, you know, they they felt a sense of empathy with her as she, you know, was so young and just, you know, kind of thrust in the spotlight. And there was like a real connection to a woman trying to find her way there. And then as she grew older, there was a, a comfort and a familiarity and a she's been through so many ups and downs and she's still here. And so is the monarchy that it's a very comforting thing to have and to look to. Um. Now with that ending, I think there's there's kind of a reevaluation and there's less you know, it's not Charles's fault necessarily. I think it was maybe gonna happen with anybody, regardless of who it was. Um, but yeah, there is a a reconsideration, I think, in what is the monarchy being and do we do we really need it? Do we or do we need it as much as we used to? Can it can it play maybe a diminished role now in our in our government so sure again long-winded okay. but
0: yeah no i mean you know, sorry for this side everyone that's not interested but i uh, just what i <laughs> was curious what your thoughts were there so yeah. um and you know as we've talked before how this show does seem to bear a number of resemblances to um actual english history um mm-hmm. kind of fun
1: yeah, I mean it. It does actually. I was reading the story it's based on, um, in English history, and I I know I likened it a little bit to um to one of Henry the Eighth's uh, wives. It was like I was talking about Jane Seymour, his wife there, but it's actually like based on a, a different part of war, an earlier part of the War of the Roses. Um, so yeah, so it is it is inextricably tied with English history. George R. R. Martin's made that very clear. So. Cool
0: um okay so we obviously we've decided now all right we're gonna um we're gonna wait we're not making the first move and so the kids Mm -hmm. are gonna go be little uh envoys here to neighboring houses and um
1: i love that she came up with this Oh yeah. I, I love that Jaceris is the one who was like, uh, you shouldn't just like send messages, you should send us. It's like a really politically smart move. I mean,
0: yeah.
1: we you're you're obviously leading to the fact that it doesn't end well. Um, <laughs> which it doesn't, but in the moment, it does seem like a smart decision to make to kind of like reinforce to people like, I care about you, I'm reaching out, look, I'm sending my sons who are my heirs, you know. Right. Jaceiros has a point dragons are definitely more effective than ravens. But so, do you want to yeah. start
0: with a threat, you know? I don't know. It will be viewed well, as there, a threat.
1: But, but would it? I mean it's a it it is kind of a threat, but it's like a I'm giving you the courtesy and respect of sending my heir who can like control his dragon. Yeah. Like he's not going to like start a war with one dragon. Um and and I think Jaceiros is right. The dragons are just like Impressive reminders of like might and power and strength. Yep. So and it's just kind of like a reminder like you want to be on this side. Like Mm -hmm. we got, we got. So yeah.
0: Doesn't work out so well for Lucerus. No, no. Uh because they knew it was coming. In in a uh in a um you know pissing contest, he loses in every way in like Competency and confidence in size and physical prowess, and then in dragons. Um yeah. so what are you gonna do? I, I, I you mean okay, I knew I'm this gonna, was coming.
1: Yeah, I did know it was the second I saw Vagar, I was like, well, that's over. Um yeah. but I do wanna I do wanna just point out for for Liseris for Luke, um he does have, I think, one thing going for him and that he is smart. I mean, he he obviously knows that his dragon, Arax, is not going to beat Vagar. Vagar is a behemoth. But so then he's like, cool, maneuverability, that's what I've got. That's what I'll mm-hmm. use. Right. So, I mean, point to Luceris there. You had a really great idea. You just did the really classic dumb move of thinking... I escaped. I'm going to take a breather in this wide effing open space. Yeah. Oh, sweetie yep. bear. Like, ugh.
0: yep. He should have, he should have gone down into the trenches there into the, the ravine or whatever and stayed yeah. there. Just, Just wait it out. Hang man. out there for a while. Yep. He'll go away.
1: I, I am convinced <sighs> that Amon didn't intend to, to kill him at at least right. at the outset um i think I his think so, his no. shock and his genuine attempt to hold vegar back um yep. you know we see at the end when when vegar is like bursting out of the clouds and he's like vegar no 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 mm-hmm. um i think there is some genuine distress there and some you know i was really trying to kind of pay him back and and yeah you know terrorize terrorize him you know bully him the way i was bullied um feel some sense of satisfaction that you know he stole my eye and wasn't punished you know there's definitely some retribution there but death i do not think was on the table
0: yep no i agree and technically he wasn't an
1: asshole but he wasn't plotting murder
0: (laughs) right technically Luceris. It struck the first blow again, unintentionally, but this is what you're going to get. You can't, c- oh, he, oh, he yeah. threw some, you know, blasted some fire at the side of him, you know, to, well, of course, no effect.
1: Well, that was, that was the funny part because he also said no. Yeah. Yeah. He Albani,
0: didn't mean to yeah, do it. And,
1: yeah, exactly. So, I mean, both of their dragons sort of took a little liberty yeah. here and were were kind of like, pardon the pun, fired up on their own. And so that ah. sort of makes me wonder, like, ah, fire. Um, It sort of makes me wonder, you know, about how this whole, like, you know, let's use dragons plan is going to go. I mean, Damon yeah. spends so much of the episode being gung ho on, like, we have the dragons, we have the dragons, we have the dragons, we need to use them. Here's all the things that we have. It's like, mm-hmm. this is kind of highlighting some of the unpredictability of sending dragons into war
0: well you just know yeah when you're playing with fire it's you are it's you're gonna have accidents you're gonna have mistakes it's you're gonna have more it's like having tanks or um dropping bombs you know from an from a fighter jet you are you get casualties of war you know you have um issues with uh, collateral damage and the dragons will add that they'll add a level of uncontrollability mm-hmm. and a level of collateral damage that you wouldn't have otherwise and yeah mm-hmm. I, I think this is it's at the same time i mean for the audience it's interesting and for uh you know what aegon right aegon um or aemond i always mix them up which one's the the guy the so this is Aemon. Okay, this is
1: Amond, yep,
0: yeah Amond is uh like he's i it will matter for his character, but otherwise mm-hmm. for no one else, no one else is gonna believe this was accidental, no, no one's gonna believe oh, he struck first, no one's gonna leave that, no one's gonna leave I couldn't control my dragon, and he you know like it's it's going to be inconsequential other than to his his right. conscience and us as a viewer uh, knowing this so
1: right yeah no i mean i think telling the truth you know only um you know kind of diminishes him or or makes things worse for him in in other ways you know like you said other than the fact that he would get the ability to express genuine remorse unfortunately no one's really going to believe him right um mm-hmm. and and that's both a product of the situation and i think how he's acted as a person you know nobody's really bought into like he's oh so soft and forgiving um that's just not what he's displayed but it's but it's to his detriment in you know like so you couldn't control your dragon so you're not like really a true dragon rider or you're maybe you're not right. a good one like all the years that you spent Without having a dragon, maybe that really meant something. Maybe you weren't destined to have a dragon, and this was just some sort of like horrible accident that Vagar accepted you. You know what I mean? So it it only yeah. diminishes like yep. him as a Targaryen and him as a as a dragon rider. And then I right. and and then I think you know, going back on like I didn't mean to sort of makes him very like wishy washy. Like mm-hmm. so you like killed somebody but you didn't mean it. Like shouldn't you just like. Own up to it and mean it, just like take ownership. So, yeah, unfortunately, he we don't get to see what he decides this season, but he'll have, you know, the time that he goes back to wherever he goes to, whether it's the Red Keep, whether he tries to, you know, however unlikely, go to Dragonstone and try to, you know, approach Ranira somehow um whatever he does and whoever he sees first like he's got you know a short amount of time to figure out how he's going to report this situation
0: yep yep well yes that does bring us to the end of the season um i think if you know we were like waiting you know Renier is waiting for someone else to make the first strike this is definitely going to be seen as that, and um, yep. war is for sure Perfect. on now.
1: Yeah, her so. her uh, slow turn face definitely said like, "Welp, it's on."
0: <laughs> yep. Yep. I didn't know. I was half expecting a like a tortured scream, but this was good yeah. too. You know, like you're you're done. You're done. Yeah. I mean, you know, this is it. Yeah. So.
1: I think. Um. I think this. This was a great opposite moment to play from the horrendous, you know, stillborn birth trauma that we experienced, which was a very different way to lose one of her children early in the episode. You know, that was, I mean, to watch Emma Darcy's face was just agonizing through all of that. And that was the moment for, you know, tortured screams. And that was the moment for, You know, just like the heartbreaking wail of look at what all this has done. It's cost me my baby. And this moment was a way to see a grief of a different kind play out for her, you know? Um, So I don't think it had any less impact or any less meaning for her or for her decision not to scream. I I think in a way this was just as impactful and just as horrendous for her to live through. And, and she showed it, she being Emma Darcy showed us nearest pain completely convincingly and heartbreakingly in a very different way. So yep. I, um, I've been one of Emma Darcy's biggest skeptics, but I think these moments have really showcased her talent. Yeah. Like this episode was a real highlight for her.
0: For sure. So, overall, in summation, here we have now a uh, completed season of House of the Dragon. Mm-hmm. Was it a successful season? Does it live up to Game of Thrones?
1: Ooh, um, I I definitely grant it success. Like, I think it was a very very solid first season. I would give it somewhere in the solid B range um, with with higher or lower per episode, I think averaging out to just like a very respectable B. Um, I think there were terrific performances. I think there were really interesting plot lines um, and just like they spent great money on dragons and they gave us they gave us enough dragons. I mean, I you know, you always yeah. want to see more just because they're so gorgeous. But I think it was the right amount for the first episode to like tease and tantalize like this is what we're leading up to and obviously like future seasons are going to be all out war involving right. dragons. So we're going to get a lot more of that. Um and I think it was wise maybe not to commit all that budget to something they didn't know was going to you know, be well received or not. Sure. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I think they took a gamble with House of the Dragon and there were stumbles, but overall a solid enough storyline and solid portrayals that I think people are going to be excited about future seasons. I think this is something that that people are going to be coming back to. Um, Has it lived up to Game of Thrones at its height? I don't think so. There's something about the storytelling of Game of Thrones. There's something about the novelty of it. Um, and just like the absolute perfect storm of cultural sensation that it hit that I don't know that House of the Dragon will ever get to, but it's it's done a commendable job standing on its own while also standing on the shoulders of its forebear
0: right, yeah,
1: so it's it's built, not taken away, and good good job mm. Mm-hmm
0: yeah i think um after what a first do you think? watch, yeah a first watch through where, where I think is pretty pretty sad pretty reasonable um sure. i'm tempted to go higher because i think that there hasn't been anything on television or on the movie screen that i've seen that has done fantasy medieval fantasy this well since mid-seasons of game of thrones mm-hmm. that i can think of maybe there's something else um uh northman different sort of setting but you know like uh i suppose but just is you're um, you're
1: missing a big uh you know there's a big circle gap here rings of power
0: (laughs) oh andrea oh you're you jokester um
1: I mean, I I mean they are in direct competition. They are in the yes. fantasy realm. I I speaking as someone who's who's watched half of the episodes, I have not finished the season. But I mean it is out there.
0: Yeah, it is it it is out there. That is true. It is it does <laughs> exist. <laughs> um, it has been
1: released yes. into public consciousness.
0: Yeah, there's just a there's just a um a competent Vision and eye behind this show, and I think that's not super common right now. Um, there's budget to be had, and it seems like it's well spent. Um, this was a challenging season to make because of the recasts and the time jumps and all that stuff, and they managed to do that quite well. Um, definitely going through this season, I was fearful at points that things were really going to tank or they're not going to be able to, you know, pay things off, but. I ended up getting invested in many of the characters there. None of them are bland. Um, and I didn't see where it was going all the times. So I, I think that it's a, it's a winning formula and it reminds me of how good uh, television entertainment with a large budget can be. And uh, I'm very excited for there to be more. And I'm okay with the, if there's a year or two year wait or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. perfectly fine. Give me time if I want to rewatch this again any year and um mm-hmm. you know, kind of keep that Give going I, it. It, yeah i i didn't I didn't realize how much I did miss this type of show in this world and everything, like when those even when the credits you know hit and the theme song, it's like that you know those were good years, and there's a lot to live up to and in in a lot of ways, they did, I think so yeah um i was quite quite satisfied with the season and um ready for more so mm-hmm.
1: yeah. yeah yeah i um I can only hope you know obviously we've all we've all experienced the uh the detriment that extra time uh had on <laughs> the last couple of seasons of Game of Thrones, but I mean, it feels like they really have learned a lot of lessons since those days and You know, I'm trying not to to feel too much trepidation about the the time between seasons and really just putting my my trust into we're making this because um, or we're taking this time because we're making, you know, a next great season, not because we're, you know, about to go in and F it all up.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Uh,
1: It's it's hard. You know, we've all Mm -hmm. again, pardon the fire puns, been burned before. But
0: mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. um, you know, I think having them come out with such a strong first season does speak volumes to, you know, their their recommitment to great storytelling in this world, in this universe. So Yep. Yeah. Nice. Overall, great job, HBO.
0: Yeah. All right. That's been Popcast on the Rocks, episode 127. Um, we're here uh, generally weekly, so please be sure to subscribe on Twitch, YouTube, um, your podcast directory of choice, wherever you are. If you're on a podcast directory, please leave a review. It'd be much appreciated. Um, Killing the Flower, they wrote our theme song. You should give them a look on Instagram, YouTube, and Spotify and Apple Music and all over the place. So we much appreciate that. And um, otherwise, yeah. We'll be back again next week. Andrea, thanks once again for joining me.
1: Of course. As always, cheers, everybody.